1: You know what I have to say about the big hot story leading Sports Center's five o'clock report.
2: Is this going to be the same? Tom Brady we were subjected to. Tom Brady.
1: Tom Brady got bit by a dog. Yeah, you could have read that in Saturday's Star Tribune. Okay. I knew he got bit by a dog. I reported he got bit by a dog. I was all over the Tom Brady got bit by a dog as a little kid in Browerville story.
2: So are you maybe yeah. suggesting let's, that?
1: So let's see. All right. I knew it. I was up there last Thursday. So I knew it last Thursday. Yep. One, two. But I reported it on Saturday, Friday mm-hmm. night. I'd say 10 o'clock Friday night. Yep. So... 24 hours, 48 (laughs) hours, 72 hours, 96 Uh hours. I got 110 hours later. These guys think they got a story. Come on.
2: And I read your story, so I knew all about it. Yeah, it it was right Almost a Almost 100 hours ahead. It was right in the
1: lead. We had the cats who eat
2: potatoes,
1: followed by the bean dog, the bean farm dog, Mm Tippy. We, none of these other SOPs got the dog's
2: name. Scared me for a minute there. I got the name. You got
1: the dog's name. Tippy. Tippy. Tippy it was a mean one-man, one-man farm dog. He
2: only <laughs> responded to Grandpa. So, are you maybe suggesting that Kevin here, when he's doing, a top of the hour yeah, Sports Center update? He as
1: reported, you know how everybody, like Kenny Rosenthal, says.
2: As reported or a, or a by the first, athletic, reported, first reported by, by, by or sure. first
1: reported by John Heyman. Yeah, you know, sure, like right. That. Yeah, first reported by. I want a first reported by
2: Patrick Grayson. <laughs> or what if you had just said the Star Tribune? Would that have been sufficient? Ah, uh,
1: yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. That'd be, I, I guess. So.
2: All right. So yesterday, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you move. Manny, I don't know if you were able to hear in cue the tirade that our guy just went out <laughs> I, I, Oh when yes, Kevin I, Winter uh, report, oh, reporting. Oh yes, but, I, I heard every but word. But the Sprint of it. store in West St. Paul was uh, made aware of <laughs> yeah, off-air no obscenities. Here. No, no obscenities. Okay. No, absolutely no, uh, not.
1: That surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like the studio back. No, home. no,
2: no. Okay. John and I were very worried, but you were a v- you uh, you held yourself in check. <laughs>
1: All right, this uh, became quite a sensation on Twitter last night. But I just thought it was kind of funny, so I tweeted it out. I had no idea what. Uh... So I'm leaving. Uh, I hung around. I went over and talked to somebody for 20 minutes, and I'm leaving last night. And taking my route back route to where I've been parking at the Mall of America. And I run into this 25 year old kid. Huh. And he says, Hey, 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 I'm a big fan of yours. Hey, can I take a picture? And he what? takes, That's it, softly takes it with yeah. the cell phone. And he says, Yeah, I'm a, uh, you know, he says, uh, You know, it's great to meet you. Thanks for doing this. I'm a big fan of yours. And so he snaps the picture. And I said, no, oh, yeah, thank you. And he said, uh, You are Dark Star, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, uh I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Dark star. Yeah, of course I'm Dark Star. And I walked away and I just,
2: you know, didn't want to ruin it. For that it. Out. Yeah.
1: So uh a lot of this led to a lot of <laughs> testimonials toward the Dark Man. And let's face it, we all are saddened by the fact that not only the Dark is Dark Man
2: isn't around anymore,
1: but he isn't around for the Super
2: Bowl. Oh my god. Because <laughs> he would
1: there wouldn't be a party. No that did not include him, right? No. no. <laughs> Yeah, he'd, he'd be parking at Mazda in front of valet at every party. But would it have just been at Hoyt's the whole time? No, everywhere.
2: He would have been everywhere.
0: Well, yes. what, what, when the Super Bowl was here last time, what, what did Dark do?
1: Oh, I'm sure he was uh, big on it. But the Super Bowl last time, man, he was like a midget compared to this thing. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, Muggsy Bogues versus uh, Kareem standing on yeah. Hakeem's uh, shoulders, you know. And the other thing. Big. This would be the one that was right in. In Dark's wheelhouse, because he would have had Ziggy all uh, schmoozed <laughs> up, and he would have been—he would have been at that owners' thing. He uh, would have been uh,
2: introducing yeah. Sting on stage yes, at the yes, owners' yes, yes he would have done that.
1: But so, so some guy named Lyle Landley on Twitter yesterday, he says, he said he was 14 years old and he called in the Dark's show to win two tickets. To a Gophers Murray State football game. Oh
3: my God! And when he,
1: when when a kid called in to win the tickets, Dark said to him, "Are you brain dead? Why do you want to go to?" this? <laughs> He's giving away the tickets for the game. He said, "Are you brain dead? Why do you want to go to this oh game?" My wait God. a
0: minute, wait a minute, guys. Imagine Dark Star talking with Brandon Lang.
1: Oh man, oh, that would be kind that
0: would be the segment of all segments. <laughs> that, that
1: would be right. That would be the greatest. yeah, uh, yeah. I'd love to see him. He would be in his
2: glory now. How thing. many years ago did we lose Dark? Oh god, has it been six four? now. Six, okay, really five
1: or six. I was, five.
2: I think we just had that. Well, the reason I, I has... think June first was five years because the Dark Man was never on Twitter, right? Oh no. Because no. he, would, he would seem like the kind of personnel that nah, would. Yeah,
1: but it would have taken too much. He was not a techno- technology <laughs> guy. Okay. I told you that one day he, he used to spend a month in Hawaii every year, right? Right. At the Ritz-Carlton in Hawaii. I think the Ritz-Carlton, one of the nice ones on Maui. And he came back one time, and he was over at our house. And for some reason, he left his hotel bill. At our
2: place. Okay. I don't know how. He
1: just had some papers, and it somehow got lost, Uh, uh, and it was sitting there. And he was there a month. Never, this was back before cell phones. Sure. But he never had used a credit card to call out of the hotel. (laughs) So he would have 20 calls a day from Hawaii at hotel rates. Oh, I think my, my, my wife and I figured it out. It was like 1500 bucks, oh. uh, two thousand bucks oh. in a month with his phone calls. He just calls, you know. Hey, what's? Hey, you have to call up and anybody just <laughs> Get to see what's going on. He just dial a number out of You know, you know how hotels rip you off. Sure. Oh my god! Now you're in Hawaii, so uh, <laughs> that was his deal. He was uh, he was great, but uh, yeah, he said he gives away the tickets and then says. Are you brain dead? Did Why do you, you want, want to, go to, go to go to golfers versus, versus Murray, Murray State? State? Are you brain dead? By the way, uh, did you hear, Mister Uh what, with the what? boys? He was on with Mackey and yeah, Joe. Let's see, uh, Joe, Joe Laranitis. Joe. Yeah, you know, he yep. was. Which one? He was animal. He was world animal. warrior animal. Correct. Yeah, he was yeah. animal. He. Did you hear what he accused me of?
2: Oh, oh. Uh, I did hear I, that. I part. did hear yes. Having
1: a couple of cocktails in him when he came over for a recruiting visit, <laughs> which was interesting. Was yeah. Ma-
2: was Mesa a yeah. drinker?
1: I don't. I don't. Re- I don't. I don't know. I think he was a wrestler trying to start a fight. Uh, I don't know what
2: it was about. I
1: was very surprised to hear that. I
2: didn't. I, I also it didn't a realize. Great interview, but, I also didn't realize that James was a hockey player. Oh
1: yeah, I did yeah, not a know hockey that.
2: player. Yeah, he said kids would have the puck and they'd see him coming <laughs> and <they'd> say oh <laughs> christ
1: well if i was there i would have asked him because you know sid wanted him bad for the gopher for yeah, yeah yeah sid called up the house on numerous occasions to tell him he'll get lost in ohio state he'll never have a chance to play <laughs> right and, uh, it didn't turn out that way. No, I think he kid no. played. In, Two-time uh, All-American. He played in at least two national championship games, I think. Oh. So, anyway. All right. Uh, we uh, shall return. We got Herm
2: coming up, Herm,
1: baby. Herm. Hopefully uh, we get Herm, and uh, it'll be a sentimental farewell. This is uh, the, <laughs> last, the last appearance we can squeeze out of Herm before he becomes a full-time Arizona State football coach. How many years have we had Herm Edwards?
2: Oh my God! What, five. I think Herm precedes me being with you. Okay. How
1: long you How long have we had uh, you?
2: I'm with you for four years. Four probably.
1: years. I bet we've had Herm five years at least. And because uh,
0: because you guys had Herm back when when you when uh, you and Phil were doing the show still. Yeah. Right? Did we
1: have it that far back? I, I yes. think
0: so. Yeah. Wow. I remember. So
1: yeah. maybe six years. And uh, there's never been anybody more reliable. He's got mom running the operation oh, back yeah. home. Mom would uh mom would tell him to, you know, he'll he'll know every day he knew who he was going to call. Just like me and Sam
2: Cassell, we run around our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and he was a, he's uh been uh, you know, coach herm here. Now once in a while he'd be traveling. Sure. And he'd get in a different time zone and he'd call at 3:15. That <laughs> was always the best. When I was on, you know, when GL was
2: on, and I'd be in the studio, and I'd see the hotline ring. It'd be one fifteen. Coach Herm here. Coach, you're four hours early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in Hawaii. You know, yeah. He's wherever. He's yeah, there. he'd be forever.
1: <laughs> uh, we uh, we weren't sure that uh, Herm could hang with us again. Uh, but the one thing about the guy is he gets the Arizona State job in basically December, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, tenth, maybe. He did. Not only did he do the rest of the regular season. He's been with us throughout the playoffs yep. uh, and still, of course, uh, capable of uh, giving us good insights on the NFL as well as uh, once in now, a while telling us a little about his new job. Since he played for the Eagles, would he be in town for the game, you think? Uh, I think he's probably still... They they got recruiting, you know, the new sign. The second signing date is only a few days away, right? I think oh, it's it next is. week. Okay. Okay. I think it's next week, the... Uh, the second signing date. so And that's big for them because I think they only signed about 14 or something. They got in there okay. late. You know, like some play, people like the Gophers basically signed their whole class. They probably have a couple of more openings now because they've had some transfers had and stuff. Transfers so they can sign over. two or three guys. Got it. But there's a lot of schools out there that uh, didn't dive in. Uh, and either they couldn't get the commitments or they were saying, eh, maybe I can do better this time. So, uh, he's uh, he's probably out recruiting hard right now, I would think,
2: yeah. you know. And it's it's interesting because both the, those guys in Arizona, with as you mentioned, southern are going Simmline through the now. turnover, but that's got to be a pretty good place to recruit to, don't you think, for young kids that want to go to warm weather? And you know, Arizona State's got a decent reputation for football success. Oh,
1: yeah, they're uh, you know, as Chad Hartman always calls it, the harbor of the, uh, West. the south of southwest. <laughs> he yeah. went there, but uh, uh, yeah. But it's going to be interesting how it works out because a lot of negative uh, spin on it from the college football people. Uh, the guy hasn't uh, coached in all these years. He hasn't been in the colleges since the late 80s, early 90s. He has been around the high school kids, though.
2: Yeah, doing the under. For a few stuff.
1: years. And uh, he, he's done that. And he's made contact with parents of big kids. It'll be interesting because some lines are a hard-nosed recruiter, too. That'll be a well, battle. And
2: the kid I think that Herm's going to win over and the parents that Herm's going to win over, because he always talks about this so you know that it's genuine. It's, I want to mold young men. Mm-hmm. you know, And that's I think that's the kind of direction he can really shape that program because he, he genuinely cares about developing young men, well, which uh, I Herm, think is great.
0: And Herm just has the personality of a college coach. like yes. He can just go he into does, a living right. room and just tell – like you said, Reavers, he can just get that kid and convince his parents look, I'm going to take care of your son. And I'm going to turn your son into a grown man.
1: And I think some, because he's 63 years old, there's some speculation. You know, they see Lovey go to Illinois, and, you know, but you wonder how much energy he's putting into it. You're not going to have to worry about Herm not putting enough no, energy
2: in it. No. He's,
1: how many times did we see him on those uh, 5.30 in the morning sports centers? Uh, he's a. <laughs> He's he's told us more than once he's a 4:30 a.m. guy Oof. from being a military, a military, a military kid. kid. Yeah. And his old man would get him the old man would get up and go to work on the military base, and the kid would get up with him at 4:30 in the morning. So he's been a 4:30. So you in the think those uh, so two a
2: days at Arizona State are gonna be a little bit brisk or early in the morning? He'll
1: do it. I bet he's not a, I bet he's not a punish him guy, but I I would imagine they'll work out
2: fast. They'll have hard. structure.
1: Hard, and yeah. uh, all those things. Well, but,
2: he uh, said, too, that he had offers for NFL jobs, but he wanted to go back to college. Yeah. You know, when you asked him about it when he first got the job, because he yeah. was pretty open about it.
1: Well, it'll be interesting. Now, uh, it's funny, in a little twist on the Arizona State thing. Uh, they had that roast for me last, when the heck was it? Friday. Friday, Friday. yep. And uh, Jim Carter was there. Okay. And every time I see Jim Carter... He was the and now we're you know we got the Vikings uh, not having won a Super Bowl and all that. but it kind of connects because Jim Carter was their star fullback in going into the 1969 season. and the Gophers in 67, they tied for the big Ten title, uh, six seven and one or six and one, I'm not sure. And then with you know, Indiana and Purdue in 68, they had another good year. And it was still power football, Midwest Big Ten football. Sure. And Murray was still rock rib defense. And 69, either the first or second game of the year, they go to Arizona State. And Arizona State's a whack team then. Okay. They're not even in the Pac-10 yet. But Frank Cush is the coach, and they're throwing the ball all over with uh, with athletes. Okay, <laughs> Lots of speed. And they basically blew the Gophers out of the tub on a late Saturday night game, 100 degrees down in Phoenix. And that is the cutoff point. That is the point. That day is the cutoff point in Gopher football history to from we had good expectations. We were going to go out and play good defense, and we were going to go after people and win our share of games to,
2: we are fast enough.
1: That game, that game was the turning point in Gopher
2: football. Was that just the Gophers, or was that college football as a whole, do you think, back then? Well,
1: the Big Ten was being caught up with. The Big Ten, before they, the Gophers, in 1960, the Big Ten had such a reputation, had a loss, 8-1, and one, and got voted as national champions. Wow. Uh, and even though there was, I think, Mississippi was 8-0-1 or something like that. The Gophers got voted as national champions. The Big Ten had always been a conference. But I'm just saying, John Rowe covered that game, my friend John Rowe. And he's always tells a story about Murray sitting on a bench in this old locker room in Sun Devil Stadium with his feet in buckets of ice <laughs> and, his, and the sweat pouring off him. <laughs> And uh, looked up at John and said, "Who scheduled this bleeping game?" <laughs> and uh, that's that's the cutoff right yep. there. And uh, Herbs there, Arizona State, of course, is uh, you know just another uh, Pac-12 school trying to high, recruit fast guys now, but uh, he'll do well. I, I think he'll do a lot better than people think. I do should. too.
2: I'll, I'll be, be pulling too. for him. Well, because right. when it comes down to it, he's a good football coach. You know, yep. he's, he's he's not a Brewster he's, type. He's not he's a, a, a
1: you know. It will be interesting. He's going to need good coordinators, don't you think? I mean, he'll need good coordinators. Yeah, but,
2: uh, he will have that, and he'll also have to find a way to kind of relate to some of the younger mm-hmm. guys, I'm sure. But, yeah, I, but I, I think when it comes down it, to it. It is
1: it. funny how everybody has uh, dismissed it as a possibility just because it's so different. Uh, right. Ray Anderson well, firing a reasonably successful coach and... Look at what you just talked about
2: with him. Seifert last hour. Everybody dismissed Doug Peterson as yes. that was the worst coaching hire of the offseason. Yeah, it turns those, out it could have been the best. Those
1: lists you uh you never know about uh, that's for sure. So uh uh we have appreciated all of Herm's help uh through the years. We still have his cell phone numbers that's and right. when he gets and when he gets a big victory next fall <laughs> we'll be calling him. All right. uh, We uh, shall return. Uh, This is the Ride with Ricey. We're at the Sprint Store on Robert Street. Uh, Go south. See the uh, Chipotles. Pull right in. Register for the trip to Bristol ESPN headquarters. Trip for two, and uh, you're going to be taken care of in great fashion. The bad guy's got
4: a dragon, and I'll leave it at
1: that. (laughs) Oh!
4: Live from the Sprint Store in West St.
2: Paul, this is The Ride with Royce on 1500 ESPN.
1: Perm, we just gave you a sentimental send-off after all these wonderful years, and
4: now you called in. Thank you. Hey, look, I'm late. I was actually at a high school... You know we're still recruiting. We yes. got Bill Lindsay to sign some good players, so I'm looking for good players.
1: <laughs> That's what I said. I said uh, Coach Herb's got uh, very important issues here with the uh, new signing <laughs> date coming up.
4: Yep. Yeah. This is it's a big
1: a one for you. this is a big one for you guys too because you didn't sign a you signed a decent number but not a huge number,
4: right? No, we signed about ten, and we've got uh, about ten more to go. And uh, we're going to get that done here by next Wednesday, which is great. We've got some some, some really good players that are coming in, so we're excited about that. And then I'm excited about and I hate for, obviously, Minnesota to have to lose to my team, Philadelphia, but they're in the Super Bowl again. Is it
1: going to happen this time? I think they can beat
4: them, don't you? I I do, too, Uh, as long as they realize that the game is never over in the fourth (laughs) quarter when Captain America has the ball.
1: (laughs) Yes, you don't want to get conservative like Jacksonville did and hope you can hold on. You can't hold on. you got to keep scoring, don't you?
4: You you really do, especially against him, because that's the moment that he embraces the most is when the game is in the balance and he has the ball in his hand. He just has history of, 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 of coming back and You know, all their Super Bowls that they've won, they've all been close games. Yes. So, Philadelphia has a chance. There's no doubt about that.
1: So, how come, whether it's Amendola or Edelman or sometimes Chris Hogan, how come they can't cover this guy, this one guy who's always on third and eight catching an 11-yard pass? How come nobody can cover
4: that guy? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, you know, you mentioned those three guys, and – we always talk about Gronk, and obviously when he's yes. in the lineup, he's, he's a he's a nightmare for you. But they seem to always make the play, and more time than many, it's a broken down play. It, it's a play when feet so much, but he extends with his ability to step up to the pocket and buy more time.
1: What do you think of him at age 40? How much difference do you see in him, Brady?
4: Yeah, I mean – when you watch him play, I mean, the thing I noticed about Brady is that you know, and we said it before, he is he is fighting for the time, and right now he's beating. Him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, we we got Herm here, and we're uh, we're losing him. So uh, no, you. I got
4: you. I okay, you
1: got me. You got me. Okay, yes, sir. Hey Herm, uh, what? Uh, what has been the secret? I mean, I don't think that we can debate as to who the greatest quarterback was anymore, can we? No.
4: He's, he, he'll go down in the, right now until somebody obviously has accomplished what this guy has accomplished. He's going to go down in history as the greatest quarterback to ever play. There's no what? doubt. And people can debate it and all that. I mean, what this guy's been able to do with his career with different with different receivers. Remember, he really hasn't had a lot of first-round receivers around him right and he's no. accomplished all this stuff
1: you know what's amazing is the best team they probably had that unbeaten team got beat and the, yes. th- the times where they've been maybe not the, even the best team on the field they figured out a way to win
4: no you're right and, and he's had a, an out, you know an outstanding run at what he's been able to accomplish this organization you know you think about the AFC what in the last 13 years there's only been four different quarterbacks to play in the super bowl and he's played in numerous ones it's been brady it's been flacco it's been uh big ben uh and you know when you think about the quarterbacks that have represented the afc right it's only been really four of
1: them hey i had a nice conversation earlier this week i wrote something with ray denninger about growing up an eagles fan there yeah. and then i then i talked to michael mccormick mike mccormick's kid and yes. uh, and uh, when Mike McCormick coached there, and they had you know three so-so seasons, you were there, right?
4: No, I was there with Dick Vermeil.
1: Okay, you were there with Vermeil. Well, Mike McCormick's Mike McCormick's kid, Michael, was playing basketball for Archbishop John Carroll. There, he said yeah. he got booed both on away games <laughs> and home games.
4: <laughs>
1: oh. His, they, they go to the games, but, man, they got high standards. If you're not equaling them, they're get on you, won't they?
4: Oh, look, look, my, my, my rookie year, we're playing Dallas, and um, it's in the winters in December. Uh, we're winning like uh, a six before half, but they block a punt, and they go in and score, and the crowd starts booing, right? Yes. And so I go, man, this is interesting. So we come out, <laughs> and they're still booing. And I turned to John Outlaw, the old veteran corner. I said, "Are they still mad at us?" He says, "No, man. The entertainment. Santa Claus—they're <laughs> booing Santa right now."
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the Viking game—the Viking game—is when they famously threw the snowballs at Santa Claus. The Vikings played in there uh, yeah. at the end of some season, and that's when they. Uh, but that was a two twelve season, and that's when they wanted to get rid of Joe Kuhari. in seventy
4: seven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They did that again then. Huh?
4: Man, alive. Yeah. Unbelievable!
1: So, Unbelievable. Uh, what will what will it be like if they finally win one in Philly? Oh,
4: the city! I, I, I can imagine the parade that they'll have. Mm-hmm. I might even have to go to it Sunday. You know, we have got some recruits in, and we're going to host a couple of them. I'm going to have my eagle hat watching the game in my office. <laughs> how many of
1: years? How many of your years did you spend with the Eagles? I spent nine out of the ten. Nine out of the ten. Oh, so, I,
4: yeah, that's... I was there as a rookie. Uh, started the first game, never missed a start. Um, had 38 interceptions at the end of my career. Wow! Yeah,
1: I knew you uh, had a great career there. Vermeil, uh, Vermeil uh, was a pretty smart guy. They told me that uh, one thing he did in '76, Chuck Bednarik was mad at the Eagles and he was out badmouthed him, and he called him up and had had him over for three bottles of wine and got Chuck on the uh, got Chuck back on the bandwagon.
4: Oh, yeah, and he was great, because I can remember him as a rookie, and he came and spoke to the team, you know. And you're looking at him as this Chuck Gretton. They're a concrete doll, you know. Yeah, right. He's got that voice, you know, and he's showing his fingers. He can't <laughs> open his fist. His fingers <laughs> are so gnarled, You know, you're going, this dude was a tough guy, man.
1: <laughs> oh, well, played both ways and was the long snapper. So he did everything.
4: And he was the one, remember, he, he, he knocked Frank Gifford out. Is that correct? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, right before the 1960, the game before they won the championship, Yeah, he knocked him out cold.
4: Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) That was it.
1: Hey, Herb, thanks for all of your uh, time helping us out here the last few years. It's been great. And uh, when you get your first big victory next fall, we'll call you up.
4: Please do. I'm going to miss you guys, but you know I'm available for you anytime you need me. You just call me, my friend.
1: All right, Herb. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Herb Edwards,
4: the great Herb Edwards.
1: And, uh, We'll be back. Matthew Collar covers the Vikings for 1500 ESPN.com, also covering uh, the uh, Super Bowl. And what are Judd and Phil going to do for material now that Alex Smith has been traded to the Washington Redskins? Oh, uh, we are on to Kirk Cousins. (laughs) All right, let's get Kirk Cousins, right? What if if Alex Smith's numbers are accurate and I'm kind of hearing people suggest that they can void that, that 71 million is not guaranteed. But that's what the word is if he makes it to the end of the contract. But what's Cousins worth now?
3: I think Cousins is probably worth just about the same as Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford, and those contracts will put you around five years, $125 uh, with the the guaranteed money being a a little more than half than that, probably. And considering how many teams are interested in Kirk Cousins, it it may even go higher. But I I think Stafford's deal will probably lay out the foundation of what Cousins is going to ask for, and Washington has tried to sign him to mega deals before, but I think uh, the holdup was it wasn't enough guaranteed money. So that's where we can expect. You'll hear those huge, huge numbers, but I think his will probably beat everyone else's in terms of the amount of guaranteed money because you can come up with at least three, four, maybe even five teams who are going to be making that phone call.
1: Hey, Matthew, why do you think the Redskins have always just – there's something about him they don't like too right in addition to the money there's something they don't like about him
3: yeah i think their former general manager scott mclaughlin said it perfectly for where i view him as not a special player he's a really <laughs> interesting case he's a really interesting case because when when you look at his box score stats his quarterback rating his his yards, his touchdowns, you say, wow, this guy must be among the best quarterbacks in the league. But when you look a little closer, whether it's watching on tape, which you'll be stunned to know that I have gone back and, <laughs> and uh, but the other thing too, is you look at the pro football focus scores that grade his individual throws and he is ranked 14th, ninth and 20th. I mean, that's okay, but that's certainly not a quarterback that you want to be paying 125 million. So I, I think what the takeaway is, is uh, one, they've been playing in a lot of shootout games where he's got to put up big stats, and two, that when he's asked to make really good throws or throws on third downs and long, thing like that, or late in games, that he hasn't really been able to come through. And I, I think they've seen a pretty big sample of him not doing that and have said, you know what, I mean, it, we'd like him, but if we're going to pay a guy $130 million, it's not going to be him.
1: And uh, of course, Alex Smith has got the same knock against him. But here, I gotta ask you: What is a good throw? What What in this in this uh, analytic you just gave me—fourteenth, ninth, and twenty—what qualifies as a good throw?
3: So, let's say you were talking about a uh, uh, let's say a fifteen-yard dig route or something like that in between a couple of safeties. I mean, yes. they have a, a qualification for big-time throws, which is a stat of theirs where it's a, a bunch of different routes. Uh, The seam route down the middle, I mean, there there are a couple of different routes that they qualify as being the hardest throws. And then they watch every single one and score, whether the guy, if he's running wide open or whether it's into a tight window. So there is a little ambiguity there. But over a good amount of time, if Cousins hasn't been toward the top of the league in those types of throws, and you see Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger always at the top, you could sort of see the difference there of who's getting a lot of yards off of their scheme and who's uh, making the most of those opportunities down the field or making really tough throws. And those are where you see the great quarterbacks come through in the playoffs. And it was always a criticism of mine about Case Keenum. And that's the difference with Alex Smith, that Smith was at the very top of the league in those big-time throws, that it was almost like this year he decided that he needed one more contract and was just going to air it out. And he was one of the best in the league at throwing down the field. He uh, completed 26 passes over 20 yards, and Case Keenum only had 11. So I mean, he was he was really going down the field like he's never done that before.
1: Uh, it, and it's a catch. You got to throw him a catchable ball in these situations, or do you have to throw it exactly where the receiver wants it? Uh, what's what's do they judge it? Is it just judging it on completions, or what? What are they judging it on?
3: Uh, it wouldn't be just on completion. So if you had it a, somebody drop the ball, if you made a great yeah. throw and somebody dropped the ball, then, you know, you, you would still, by pro football focus measures, you would get credit for that. Catchable ball is probably right. They they have a, a, a scale that they grade all of these things on. Like, um, if, it's, if it's an okay throw and it's a catchable ball, then it's a zero. If it's an amazing throw, it was right on the money through a couple of cornerbacks or something then it would be like a two. So they, You know what I mean? They've got this scale that they've worked out mathematically. It's a lot of jumbly stuff, but basically just a way to say, hey, this guy's making great throws all the time, or this guy is throwing to a lot of wide open wide receivers because of his scheme. And Jay Gruden really is a pretty genius offensive uh, mind. We've seen him take advantage of Mike Zimmer a couple of times. They put up 30 points this year. And I don't remember walking away from that game thinking, boy, Kirk Cousins really shredded them, uh, and yet they end up with 30 points. Uh,
1: I I see the same possibility as Spielman – Breaking the bank for a quarterback is the Twins breaking the bank for you, Darvish. I I just I think he wants to keep that defense together and uh, does not want to uh, and and wants to be the guy that drafted a quarterback. And uh, I just don't see Spielman doing it, but he could have the Ziggy telling him uh, do it. We want a quarterback. We want to win a Super Bowl.
3: The, the, the longer we go along, the more I keep thinking that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy. And one yes. of the reasons is not just that they love him, but they also don't have to necessarily break the bank for him. If you think about the contract that Sam Bradford got coming off of his injuries in St. Louis when he signed in Philadelphia, it was a, a pretty reasonable short-term deal that didn't carry a gigantic cap hit but gave him a lot of guaranteed money. So you could say to Teddy Bridgewater, you're going to get your money, but we're going to have flexibility here if things don't work out with your knee. And, oh, by the way, this is a guy that has received massive praise from Zimmer. And then even today when we talked with Mark Wilf, uh, he didn't have anything to say about Case Keenum, but when it came to Bridgewater, he said that Bridgewater was an inspiration to him. So it's just it seems that every time Bridgewater comes up, they talk about how amazing his recovery is, and every time Keenum comes up, they change the subject and talk about the process or something like that.
1: Yeah, I uh, that's been my feeling all along that they just uh they, they wanna have drafted the quarterback. Spielman wants to have drafted the quarterback, Zimmer loves him. And uh I I they, it's just a question are they uh 100% sure he's healthy, and I've come up with a new theory on why they didn't dress him the last two games. They probably figured, okay, we brought him to this point. We don't want to get him hurt in the third quarter of a game after Keenum gets hurt. I, I just don't uh, I don't see him. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be their man.
3: No, that could be a part of the equation for sure, and the other part could just be that Sam Bradford had a full training camp and was in an offense that was really designed for him and one thing Mark Wilkes uh, Wilf said today about the quarterback situation is the offensive coordinator is going to matter here too. So are they going to get an offensive coordinator that uh, basically the best fit for Teddy Bridgewater going forward? I mean, I, I definitely like your theory, and it's possible that they're just lining everything up for Bridgewater. And when it comes to his knee, only they know. I mean, because when, during the season, we don't get to see them practice on a daily basis. We only get to see that in training camp. So, you know, we can't really tell you how was he dropping back, how was he throwing the ball. We only saw little bits and pieces here and there at the end of practice, and it looked like he had a lot of zip on the ball, and he looks like he's actually jacked up quite a bit in his upper body and has started to grow into it a little bit. And it's possible that they like everything that they've seen through the season and want to turn right back to him.
1: Uh, what's your best guess on uh, on uh, offensive coordinator? I, it, and, it, uh, you know, I, I was thinking Stefanski, but maybe not.
3: There was a report today I saw that uh, John D. Filippo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, of the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Eagles, that he's been a guy that's been talked about quite a bit as as a really interesting. Um, potential offensive coordinator candidate and considering that he's been working under Doug Peterson, and I was extremely impressed with Doug Peterson uh, when he ripped apart the Vikings defense, so if uh, Filippo has been part of that, then uh, that might earn him uh, not only an interview but potentially a job. It sounds like the Giants and Pat Shermer might take Stefanski with them, and I, I think Bevel's name makes a lot of sense just from the standpoint that he's experience. And if you're talking about a team that wants to go back and try to make a run at the Super Bowl, are you giving somebody who's new and has never done this before? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, Zimmer could lean toward experience the same way he did with Norv and the same way he did with Pat Shermer.
1: All right. Hey, Matthew, thanks for your time. We will. Uh, are you going to be hanging around there tomorrow?
3: Oh, I will be there. Yep, I'll be on at noon with the guys.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll run into you. Thank you, sir. See ya. Okay, Matthew Collar covers the Vikings for 1500ESPN.com. We shall return and see if anybody has a daily complaint.
0: And uh, quickly before we break, Matthew Collar's appearance on the ride with Royce was powered by Sprint.
2: Let's hear the boys' daily complaints.
1: I don't do this often, but I'm kicking off the daily complaints. Oh boy! That All right. the dog bite is being reported as news. <laughs> this is not news. This has been out there for four days, right? Tippy bit him in uh, I years love,
2: ago. Oh, I worked up you are getting. Yeah, out of this. well,
1: it's uh, <laughs> you know I can see big stories in the local papers now. Brady gets bit by a dog. Well, we we knew that four days ago.
2: You know, then I'm going to go second. Speaking of no respect ever. Uh, how about let's throw some bouquets to the great man, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England okay. Patriots, just called Sid Hartman one of his heroes, and I, for one, agree with Robert Kraft. Oh, heavens, you. Yes. Sid is uh, one of my heroes, too. Yeah,
1: when it comes to being alive, he certainly is, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, if you if you didn't think Robert Kraft was an idiot previously, ah, well. Wow, there nah, it is. i not saying that. <laughs> How about you, Manny?
0: Uh, staying on the theme of the NFL, of course, Roger Goodell had his state of the league address uh, yes, He does that the... on
1: Friday. Now does it on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, and while well, he said that the uh, the even though there's been a rise in injuries uh, during Thursday night games in 2017, yeah. he said that the uh, the rise was so small that it's quote not even statistically significant. Roger, mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> the quality of football on Thursday night games is terrible. That's why I hate watching football on Thursdays because the football itself is not as good.
2: Five hundred and fifty million dollars, well,
1: and, and what is? Uh, Seifert said, Rovell said, six sixty. That's insane. Six sixty for, for 11, night, eleven football games for oh. eleven football games, eleven football, sixty million a game. So uh I get uh, you know what it's more of a situation
2: of the desperate state of uh network Wait television. a minute I have a bit of breaking news man okay. did you hear this okay. Tom Brady was bit by a dog oh, when he was a kid oh, here no in uh... kidding? <laughs> you heard it here on the ride with me and see everywhere guy's else. face right now Tippy the dog's <laughs> name was Tippy How would I
1: know that if I didn't have it first Another scoop I get no credit Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds
0: Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.